What is compassion and how can it be used as a self-care and relationship skill? Welcome back to the Therapy for Real Life podcast. This is not therapy, this is real life. I'm your host, Annalyn Berg-Seder, and I'm excited to welcome you back to the show today to talk about compassion. You may have heard people talking more and more about research behind compassion as a self-care skill, and that's not surprising to hear because mindfulness has been talking about compassion in the form of loving-kindness for hundreds and thousands of years. So today we're going to talk about how we might learn from compassion and talk about some ways that you might invite or channel compassion into your life. So what are we talking about really? What is compassion? Compassion is is really an emotional state. It's a feeling of connection to, empathy with, and bonding and understanding with another person. And compassion comes from understanding. It really reminds me of that mindfulness principle that we've talked about here on the show before when we've talked about reality acceptance. We've talked about the idea of validation. And you might remember that validation is the idea that a person's thoughts, feelings, and behaviors all make sense in the context that they're in. And we know that under stress or misunderstanding, sometimes it can feel very challenging to understand the behavior of human beings because we're really kind of odd animals at times and we do things that don't always make sense. Compassion is one of these self-care strategies that we can use to soothe ourselves and others when things just don't make sense. So you might be thinking of situations where trauma is involved or breakup or someone has made a mistake. Compassion might come in handy. So when we think about compassion, we're really talking about that reality acceptance skill of seeing someone for who they are, accepting the reality of their behavior, situation, temperament, even if that means that you disagree with that person. What we find from the research around compassion as a mood management skill is that you can exercise compassion even when you disagree vehemently with someone about their politics or decisions or how they live their life or any number of ways. Compassion is a self-care skill that we can use to bond us even in situations when we feel really separate from someone. So in exercising compassion, we're really exercising that mindfulness skill of non-attachment to any specific fantasy of what we think a person should or shouldn't be, and instead we are accepting that person as they are. Now, the interesting thing about compassion is that you can exercise 
compassion towards others, towards other people, your fellow man, your fellow woman, and you can come you can express compassion inward and towards yourself. And let's take a look at both and and why they're both important. So when we think about the different forms of compassion, and one of them is self-compassion, I look to researcher Kristen Neff, who has put together a lot of really helpful uh, research and resources about self-compassion, and her website, selfcompassion.org, even has a little quiz that you can take to uh, test your own self-compassion. And I think it's interesting the way that she's put it together because you can see how she defines self-compassion and she assesses six different uh, parts of self-compassion in this little quiz. So if you take it, you'll see results for different areas of self-compassion. So let's listen and see what she pays attention to. She looks at self-kindness, self-judgment, common humanity versus isolation, mindfulness, and over-identification. So it isn't, isn't it interesting when we look at self-compassion, what that really means? We can see different components of how kind you are to yourself, how how much you see yourself as part of the common humanity and belonging to that, or if you see yourself as really isolated from that. And then there's this idea of mindfulness, of being really in the moment, or over-identifying with difficult or uncomfortable things that are happening and seeing them as uh, your fault or being responsible for causing them as opposed to part of your reality at any, at any moment. So it's interesting to look at all the different parts of compassion. And in in my experience, what I'm used to hearing people say is it's really more of a question that they'll ask in the therapy context is, why is it so easy to have compassion for others and so hard to have compassion for yourself? And this this conversation will often come up when people are talking about managing difficult feelings of anxiety or depression or dealing with that inner critic of feeling like there's nothing they can do right. And even if they know on kind of a a rational level, I'm doing just fine. I'm, you know, I I know I'm comparing my icky insides to everybody else's nice and shiny uh, social media outsides, but still I just can't fight that feeling. This is a time when compassion might be a useful tool to use as part of your self-care. Now, I want to pull in a little, um, we already talked about Kristen Neff, I want to pull in some other research when we talk about self-compassion as a really radical self-care skill because it makes me think of the skill that we've talked about before from dialectical behavior therapy called opposite action which is really a mood management tool. And the research behind opposite action says that if you are stuck in a feeling that you don't want to have, let's say you broke up with someone and that feeling makes perfect sense right after a breakup, but 
six months later, mm, it doesn't really serve you anymore, you might want to practice a feeling that's opposite to that, right? So if you're feeling stuck and unmotivated, if you were to practice opposite action, you would channel the opposite mood by acting as motivated and active as you can. Knowing, this is what the research says, is that in the beginning, you're not going to feel like it. You're not going to feel motivated. But if you do the behavior of someone who is motivated, it turns out the behavior stimulates that feeling. The research around compassion is the same. We talked about before of sometimes with that inner critic, how difficult it is to have compassion for yourself. You might struggle to have compassion for your fellow man or your fellow woman, your colleague, your coworker, your neighbor in a moment of stress. And just like we did with opposite action, you have to ask whether that feeling and the action urges attached to it serve you. So if you're at work and someone makes a decision that just doesn't go your way, and you know you have to decide what to do with that. You might be fuming. You might really wish it had gone another way. And yet, let's say you want to be a good team player and be a good sport about this decision. Maybe it's not life or death, but you're still kind of stuck in that feeling. You might practice compassion. You might practice compassion for the person that made that decision compassion with yourself for feeling upset about it and really exercise understanding of that feeling. Now, all this might sound great, compassion, 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 um, and yet that can still feel really abstract. Let's practice a little bit of it right now. I want you to find a comfortable space where you can set a few minutes aside and settle in because we are going to do the old Buddhist tradition of loving kindness. And what is really wonderful about this practice, it is it has been around for a very long time and uh, Buddhist teachers have been recommending this meditation um, as a cure for insomnia and nightmares uh, for a long time and, um, you know, feeling of connection and humanity. And more recent psychological studies have found that loving kindness meditation has a really significant impact on health and well-being. And one Stanford study even found that uh, short seven-minute practices of loving kindness meditation can increase social connectedness boost positive feelings, and just a sense of overall well-being. Loving kindness has also been found to reduce pain, help with anger management, and chronic illness. So get comfortable, find a place where you can just settle in and take some time for yourself, and I will guide you through this meditation. So just get comfortable, that's your only job right now and let yourself practice a little compassion. Now that you have found a comfortable position, 
you can put away all distractions, turn off your settings, and exercise perhaps the most radical act of compassion that there is, which is your dedicated attention and time. Giving yourself permission to take about five to seven minutes to exercise compassion in the form of a loving kindness meditation. And as you settle into your practice, you can get your attention ready by starting with a gentle attention on the breath, letting yourself slowly and deeply inhale in, breathing in, and just as gently let yourself breathe out. Anchor your attention on the breath as you breathe in and out at a gentle pace, knowing that if you ever feel distracted, you can always come back to the breath. And as you get ready to participate in this loving kindness meditation, you can hold in your mind the fact that countless individuals have participated in this meditation before you, and you are joining them in this practice. And you are also holding in your mind that when the Buddhist monks go and cloister themselves to do meditation, just know that one of their mantras is that they are doing those meditations on behalf of all human beings. So if you need an extra excuse to practice just a few minutes of this loving kindness, I invite you to just tune into the effects of this mindfulness meditation and see if that idea resonates with you. The fact that you take this time to practice compassion as part of your self-care, you can go ahead and notice if that has any effects beyond you in the rest of your day. Just knowing that you can let go of any distractions or thoughts now And if any come over you during the next few minutes, know that you can practice compassion towards those distractions, those noises in your environment, those internal notifications, those thoughts, even worries or concerns. You can exercise compassion as you notice them and then gently bring your attention back. And in this loving kindness meditation, I first invite you to, with your eyes either closed or open, whatever feels most comfortable to you, but I invite you to invite into your mind's eye whatever image you choose, the one that feels like a comfortable self-portrait of yourself. Could be a snapshot, it could be you standing in front of yourself, looking yourself in the eye. Whatever allows you to hold an imagination of yourself in front of your mind's eye. 
because you are the first recipient of this loving kindness meditation. And you can either say these words out loud if you're in a private space, or you can repeat them in your mind's voice as you meditate on these words and say to yourself, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be free from suffering. And as you do so, I want to invite you to just give yourself willingness and openness to practicing this meditation mindfully, exercising that compassion towards yourself. Go ahead and try it again. Visualize saying to yourself, may you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be free from suffering. And simply notice what that feels like. And in your mind's eye now, I'm going to ask you to gently move your focus now to someone in your life. It could be a friend, it could be a colleague, it could be someone that you know just a little bit. It doesn't even have to be someone you know very well, but someone you interact with on a frequent basis. Who knows why this person popped into your mind but go ahead and hold them there as you practice this loving kindness meditation on their behalf. And with that open attention, I want you to hold that person in your mind's eye and imagine saying to them, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be free from suffering. And you can repeat the words as many times as you like. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be free from suffering. And notice what that feels like. And now I invite you to open that compassion a little bit further to include someone with whom you've had some difficulties with recently, perhaps a disagreement, a misunderstanding. You could be out of touch or actively going the other way, going in different directions. This is your opportunity to gently, willingly invite them into your mind's eye. And whatever the disagreement is, notice what it feels like to put that on hold for just one moment. As you imagine in your mind's eye, and you say to this person, in spite of the distracting feelings and overwhelm that may come, you might say to them, may you be happy, may you be healthy, May you be free from suffering. And, and just see what it feels like to put 
some of those differences aside and wish that person well anyways. And if it feels challenging, notice that too. And now I want you to open your attention as wide as possible. And I want you to let pop into your mind's eye images of all the people who love you and all the people who you love. I also want you to open your attention even wider and include all of your neighbors and your community and your family near and far. And I invite you to include in your imagination people who agree with you politically and people who don't. And if you can expand your attention as wide as possible, I invite you to include all people, perhaps all beings in this last loving kindness meditation. And as you hold all beings in your mind, I invite you to wish along with me to those people who stand before us as we express to them, may you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be free from suffering. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be free from suffering. Sit with this feeling a moment longer. Notice if the feeling goes in waves or feels easy or difficult. Notice the texture of that compassion and sit with it a moment longer. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be free from suffering. And point that attention inward for a moment longer as you notice the effects of compassion in your body, in your mind, in your thoughts. And breathe in any sensations that come with this practice of loving kindness, compassion, as you inhale in, then exhale out. Noticing your own profound capacity for compassion. Knowing that we have the capacity to point that compassion inward when we need to in a moment of pain or hurt or to others in relationship in moments of distance or pain. So if you are curious to learn more about how to, compa- to practice compassion in your life, whether you are thinking of individual self-care or as a relationship skill, feel free to check out therapyforreallife.com where you'll find a whole bunch of individual and 
relationship, self-care, and therapy options. And in the meantime, I invite you to continue your own loving-kindness practice as you take this skill with you throughout your day. May you be well, may you be healthy, and may you be free from suffering. Have a great day.